Hey there, dog people of the internet. I'm Sarah Stremming, and this is Cog Dog Radio. Join me as I share my thoughts, experiences, and cases as I interview experts and answer your questions when it comes to the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. It's a new year, and I have a news flash. Black lives still matter. I'm looking forward in 2021 to not only continuing to donate to causes that I believe in, but also to providing more of a platform for BIPOC voices in the dog world here on Cog Dog Radio. So stay tuned. Hey everyone. In February of 2021, Sarah Streming and I launched the Connection Summit which is a community movement and educational resources dedicated to prioritizing the human canine relationship for successful behavior change. We love talking about the human end of the leash, so much so that we even hosted the amazing Emily Nagoski, co-author of Burnout, on our podcast to talk about that very topic, which we got so much love for that podcast episodes. Everyone was really excited about that topic. So with that said, Sarah and I are planning to bring Connection Summit-inspired topics to both our podcast, Pause and Reward, and CogDog Radio. We're going to bring them to you monthly to close out 2021. They're going to be bonus episodes, and we are excited to be able to offer this to our community to say thank you for supporting the Connection Summit and um, to try to live your best self with your dog. So we're going to kick off with today's conversation. Yeah, and it's going to be imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is this concept that was developed by a couple of psychologists, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. In this um, study they did in 1978, which we will link to, where they, they coined the term imposter phenomenon, and it focused on high-achieving women. So certainly we need to acknowledge that like much of the studies that we have in the fields of psychology as well as medicine, this study was strongly skewed towards white cisgender populations. So we recognize that there are certainly flaws in that. And also, you know, maybe this study didn't help anybody anyway. So <laughs> who knows? We'll get into it. But it's loosely defined as doubting your own abilities. So basically feeling like a fraud is what imposter syndrome is. And it unsurprisingly disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. So like you, you question whether or not you're deserving of any accolades that you receive. And I don't know about you, Marissa, but I find that I don't know any trainers that don't feel this way sometimes, including mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Same. So why? Like why? Certainly it disproportionately affects high achieving individuals. Mm -hmm. Why are dog trainers and behavior consultants so uniquely suffering from, from this? What are some of your ideas? Um, I think the first thing that comes up for me, because it's really hard for me, uh, is, be is that we're in, we're in such an isolating profession, right? We, we are, individuals for the most part that have their own businesses and we sort of are operating in this in this vacuum and and some people that are extroverted enough or confident enough 
like to reach out to other trainers and process cases out loud. And they have, they have found it. They have found a safe community in which to do that. Like, I feel very fortunate that I have that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I understand that like some people are scared to do that, especially if they've had a really like aversive experience or punishing experience, trying to reach out to somebody and that they felt judged or something like that. So I think it is that we are all sort of operating in our own little silos and we don't get other perspectives or other, um, other professionals saying like, yes, that was a really good idea. Here's how I might tweak it the next time. But like your original idea was really, really great. Right. So, um, we don't get that feedback often. I think we have to truly cultivate it if we want it. Yeah. I think, um, I'm with you. I feel really fortunate to have a good community, um, a good sounding board, Mm -hmm. but it's true that our community at large often does not feel safe. So, Mm -mm. you know, I can't post a training video without having that little tinge of fear that it's going to get torn apart. Yep. And what happens to me more often than not is that I'll post the video and everybody who's actually allowed in my universe (laughs) will say how great it is. And then I will hear that it was shared somewhere else and completely torn apart. Oh, and so that's even creepier, right? Yeah, cause it, cause totally I'm like, creepier. cause now I really don't trust the accolades uh-huh. because behind my back, it is being shredded somewhere else. Right. So, and I, I see it happening. It's not just me. I'll see somebody share a video and say, you know, so-and-so blah, 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 and just go, go through it. And I'll see it and I'll go, that person is somewhere unaware that this is happening, but feeling like it might be happening. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's just yucky. Like it's, we, we do not praise each other enough. We do not tell each other what's right about what we're doing enough. Mm-hmm. We don't treat each other with the positive reinforcement mindset that we have for dogs. Yep. It's a huge problem. And I think it absolutely contributes to this. And I do think it's worth mentioning that um, women presenting human beings are, or, you know, people who have been socialized as women make up most of the industry, mm-hmm. at least on the R plus side of things, we do make up most of the industry. So, and, you know, the, as flawed as the original study is, there's a reason that it focused on high achieving women in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And two women did the study as well. Fascinating. So, like, so <laughs> yes, Fascinating. I will say that, you know, um, there are men in our industry that are on the R plus side that I know also suffer from this. We're not saying that it is just women, yeah. women presenting or socialize as women. Um, it, and I know that you weren't saying that either, but th- there, there are men that also suffer from it. And it's interesting. You said this before we got on the calls that like, I really want to point out that it's high achieving people. It's actually like, it blows my mind when I hear somebody that I know that I really respect, like you're an example, right. That it has imposter syndrome. You're like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I look up to you. I, I, I mean, Lisa and I always talk about it all the time. We're like, Sarah is so smart. And, and, <laughs> and to hear you talk about that, you have imposter syndrome, right? It's like, it's these people that I would have never guessed actually have self self doubt because I like truly value 
their opinion, and they are they have presented that they know what the hell they're talking about. And so, yeah. And if they don't, they'll also be humble enough to be like, you know what? I don't know. Let me figure that out. Mm. Or yeah, I haven't really come across that in my, in my experience, right? Like it's this lovely human being that's able to say they don't know and they know their shit. And so it's always confusing. Yeah. yeah and you know, I, um, a while ago, Hannah Brannigan and I talked on my podcast about imposter syndrome uh-huh. because she's that person that you're describing to me. Yeah. Um, you know, she's a highly skilled, highly intelligent trainer uh-huh. who I think any of us watch her training videos and we're like, that woman is a machine. I, machine. there's no way yeah. that I can be you know, that good. I actually credit, you know, watching some of my amazing colleagues like Hannah, like Shade Weitzel uh-huh. train with, you know, my improved mechanics, my own yeah. improvements are so I can attribute so much to just surrounding myself with excellence like that. Mm-hmm. And then to find out how much self-doubt and how much of this has been a struggle for so many of those people yeah. who I consider my circle of excellence, like who I consider the people that I'm better because I know them. Mm-hmm. It is astonishing. It's almost like just par for the course. It's almost just something that comes along with being amazing at what you do. It's almost like if you're mediocre, <laughs> you maybe aren't suffering from this so much, yeah. right? Well, and if I think about like the high achieving part, I'm thinking about folks like Hannah or Shade or yourself even that put themselves out into the world, right? Like there's, there's a vulnerability in, so like if I, if I was just a dog trainer and I was just training clients in Boulder, Colorado, I didn't have a social and I just saw clients day in and day out and like, the only person actually saw my work was my clients, right? Um, You're in your little sphere, right? But if you start to open that sphere up to like other trainers, other professionals on social, um, you're creating courses. People are like learning from you. They're listening to your podcast. I'm kind of like, it gets more and more vulnerable. And I wonder if that also becomes the voice gets a little bit louder and louder because you are more visible mm. to criticism, right? Like you, I mean, for sure. And I also think um, that there's this weird backwards effect too of the more accolades you receive, yep. the oh more, gosh. the higher the standard you hold yourself to. Mm-hmm. And the, and the more, and and that becomes this really dangerous cycle. So it's kind of like, I was talking to my, um, another person in my circle of excellence, um, Megan Foster, who Mm -hmm. helps me, um, do agility better (laughs) with my dog Felix. And she and I were talking about how complicated it is to be competing and to have somebody actually pay you a genuine compliment because if we build kind of our mental game in competition as being like, it's just me and my dog here in this moment and nobody mm-hmm. is watching me, that house of cards comes crashing down. The second yeah. somebody says, hey, I noticed this went really well for you um, on this run. 
it can almost set you up to fail in subsequent runs because it puts that little bug in your head that says people are watching you. People are watching you. Yeah. And, um, which is, you know, to go, (laughs) that's another rabbit hole that, Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to go down today to think about then shifting to not be thinking nobody's watching because that's, it's not true. Um, mm-hmm. and because, because that is a house of cards, cause that'll come crashing down too easily. It's not a strong enough mindset place mm-hmm. to come from. Mm-hmm. We are going to get into mindset, but not, not competing type mindset, but it's just an interesting little piece of the more evidence that people are paying attention, the more you question whether or not they should pay attention. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. What is that? Yes. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is complex. Yeah. And I mean, I think you just to go back to it, cause I think it's, it's super important. What you brought up is that like, and maybe this is just like my plea to other people listening. Mm. Like we have to be kinder to each other. My goodness. Like there is just so much criticism in our, in our profession right now. Like it's, I don't, I, I, I don't know it, it. Where is this, where is this coming from? Is this just like, it's the world is hard right now. And so therefore like people do not have access to their tools. Um, do you know, these like keyboard warriors and, um, it, it's like, you know, th- this, like picking apart, like if I decide to walk Sully in a no pull harness, which I do like telling me not to do that because of a shoulder injury. It just is sort of like, Hey, let's assume that we're all trying the best that we can with the tools that we have, especially within our camp, right? Like the positive reinforcement camp, like it kills me when like, I see another positive trainer talking to another person about that. That's not positive enough. And yet you are being (laughs) so punishing to that person. The, I mean, the, the, that's not positive enough army is to me one of the most insidious pieces of our community. And I would even venture to say that we need to extend that kindness to dog trainers, regardless of whether they are mixed method, force-free, whatever label Mm -hmm. that they um, cling to. I've started to really just hone my eye for excellence Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like there's a couple of trainers on TikTok that I follow who claim the label balanced trainer, mm-hmm. but the work that I see them putting up is really high level work. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of that has been trashed by a lot of, um, our plus trainers on that app mm-hmm. whose work I think is tremendous. And so I just take it upon myself to say, Hey, I really like that. Hey, that's a good idea. Or Hey, mm-hmm. and like when she has a question about one of my videos, engaging in a genuine dialogue with her yeah, rather than speaking down to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I have news for everybody that feels so much better. That is so much more reinforcing to me mm-hmm. than talking about what she's doing wrong. There's certainly things that she does that are not within my toolbox. Yeah. There are things I do that aren't within hers. Mm -hmm. Finding where we meet, finding where we actually connect, like that space in the middle on the Venn diagram, Mm -hmm. like that's where if we could all get in that space and really embrace that space, I think we could see a lot less of this, a lot less of us feeling like we're frauds. 
you know, because the more you tell somebody else they're a fraud, the more you are going to feel like one. Yep. So it's kind of like when you, if you have a thought in your mind about somebody making a judgment about you. Mm -hmm. So like maybe you don't feel great in your body today and what you're wearing doesn't help you feel better in your body. And you like, I don't know about you, but like, especially now that I'm a bigger hermit than I ever was, like I will go into public and be like, okay, so there's muddy paw prints literally all over my body. <laughs> and the black leggings I'm wearing are covered in white dog hair because my dogs happen to be black and white. So I'm screwed no matter what I wear. Screwed no matter what, yeah. And, <laughs> and I'll just suddenly maybe have a moment where I'm like, do I even like look acceptable to be in public right now? <laughs> And the truth is that that's just the voice in my head that says everybody's looking and they care. Yeah. When in reality, if I can stop looking at other people like that, which I've made in the last probably 10 years of my life, conscious efforts to do, mm -hmm. then I feel less and less like that. And I yeah. care less and less mm -hmm. what I'm wearing or mm -hmm. what as is evidenced by if anybody's seen me ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, I just care less and less. Like, yeah. I just care if clothes feel good on my body now, rather yeah. than caring if I'm wearing, you know, something that, I don't know, that's something You're up to some like. standard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think if we quit dragging other people through the mud, we quit assuming that they're dragging us through the mud too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I wanted to, I, I appreciate that you bring up the fact that like newsflash, like, you felt better when you were trying to find yeah. the middle ground. And I just want to tell a, a brief story about my amazing colleague, Jenna Tady of Think Smart Dog Training. She, we just did a Facebook, um, Instagram live about this that, so she was walking her dogs, sorry, her dog. There was a woman in front of her really struggling with her two bassets and they were like starting to, to like do the basset bang, right? They were like, like just really, yes. really starting to <laughs> wind up. Right. And she observed the woman sort of leash correcting and yelling and like, and like getting more, more flustered. Right. And, and there are the, I mean, I don't know about you, but there are those moments where I'm like, okay, what do I do? Like, do I lead by example? And like, what, like give this woman like some, some space and feed silly while I'm passing. That feels like self-righteous in a way. Like, yeah. do, I, do I tell her like, it's okay. Or do I just ignore her? Like, what do I do in that moment? And she, Jenna was sort of like processing all of this and going like, gosh, what can I pull in my bag of thoughts of like what I could have done differently when I'm engaging with a person and I, I need to get around them. And she turned to the woman and she said, those are the most beautiful basset hounds I've ever seen. <laughs> and yes. immediately, I, yes, right? Like just connect, and, just find the connection. Just point. find the connection yeah. in like, and what I loved about it is that it wasn't about the behavior because I have done that in the past where I've been like, it's okay. Like, right. You okay. can easily be like, oh, my dog's a jerk sometimes too. Totally. Like connecting like, that way is which, probably what my go-to would be, but what a uh -huh. beautiful different way to go to be like let's both talk about what's great about your dogs let's yeah, both think and, about what's great about your dogs and she said like this woman's face like if she had a video like this woman's face was just like and like a huge smile she like changed her body language Ugh. she stopped leash correcting and the dogs relaxed like 
obviously. Right. And because so much that woman was probably operating from such a place of embarrassment. Totally. We all do that. Totally. When you yell at your dog or leash pop your dog, it's so often for somebody else's benefit because you're embarrassed. Yeah. And you want to feel in control and to die. Yes. And so just, just saying, just disregarding anything you might be embarrassed about and picking out something you should be proud of. Yep. Like what a genius you're brilliant. And so what I, what I, why I brought that up is because Jenna reported that she felt great. Yes. It's fascinating. She was like, oh, wow. Like, this is so great. Like, I don't know if I taught that woman anything, but I just was like able to give her the social the social nod, if you will, like, well, yeah, and it's not your job to teach her anything right then. Yeah. And, and you might be a dog trainer, but you're uh-huh. not her dog trainer. Yep. And it's actually in the Nagoski's book as, um, one of the ways to complete the stress cycle is connection is social mm-hmm. connection. And mm-hmm. that's why it feels so good to us. So one of the things, um, just one of the ways that you can overall be happier. So like in the psychology of happiness, one of the ways Mm. that you can overall be happier is to pay people genuine compliments throughout your day or, or smile and be nice to a person. So like, I will try to say something nice to the person checking my groceries. Mm -hmm. Right. I will tell them that I like their earrings or right now I'll be like, that's a great mask. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and it's hard for my introverted self to like find that place, but it is so reinforcing yep. that I keep trying to find that place. Yeah. And it's because we're hardwired to connect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yes, it feels so much better. And so then when this, with this imposter syndrome BS, we could combat it with that connection, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've both got amazing communities of, you know, our circle of excellence, our friends that we can say, like, what do you think about this? You know, bounce ideas off of, but also you need people who are just like, Hey, this podcast you put out, that was awesome. Yeah. Right. Or like, um, I've got a friend who will just send me a screenshot of like somebody in some dog group on Facebook. Cause I'm not in, in any of them on purpose. Um, saying something nice about something I did or something yeah. I said, you've done that to me. So thank you. By the yes, way, yes, I do it on mm-hmm. purpose because mm-hmm. how, cause you just get this little moment of like, okay. Like, however, does that come back to you know, it comes, it cycles back to that people are watching. And then I feel like more people are watching and all of that, but it's the same with running agility and trying to have your mindset focused on nobody cares is a house of cards. It will come crashing down. So you may as well like embrace people are watching. People do care. And generally speaking, people like what you're doing. Yeah. But I, it's so interesting because they don't have to like what you're doing either. Yeah. I was just going to mm-hmm. like attaching yourself to yep. that is not helpful. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Cause like I sent you, I send you things and people say something nice about a podcast that you put out or something that you did. I want you to see it. I want you to know, mm-hmm. but is that a good idea? Yeah. It's really interesting because, um, I had a conversation with a colleague about this because, um, I'm constantly giving him accolades. And then he was like, he was like, you know, what? He said, Maybe. thank you, but that's bad for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And I was just like, 
<laughs> and and I I I feel that, that way is a as mind well. blowing moment. Yeah. But I do think I think that um I think that you can like that is lovely to receive those things from you. It's lovely when people reach out to me on Instagram and are like, oh my gosh, thank you for that podcast episode. Like, I love that. I'm like, wow, there's other people at the end of this, like listening and benefiting. Like, like I can't even like that, that fills me up. And at the same time, I think I have to also be my biggest fan saying Marissa, uh, bingo, like Marissa that you just nailed that. Yes. Like you just nailed that. Great yeah. job, Marissa. I didn't do that the other day. Remember I sent you and Lisa a text. I was like, I sent you the video of Sully receiving his Adequin injection. And I immediately was like, well, it's not a complicated agility thing like Sarah does. And it was really easy to train. So then I like threw myself under the bus. You totally like, did. Dude, you totally do did. I totally don't do did. that. Be like, hey, look how awesome this went. Like find it in yourself to do that and uh -huh. make sure the person you're sharing with is going to return your high five. Yeah. At least do in not, the beginning. Do not share things. I mean, don't, if you had something that was a breakthrough or whatever, do not share it with somebody who's going to leave you hanging in the air totally. with your high five, right? Totally. <laughs> like, don't share it with the person who's going to be like, Mm, like not meet your high five. Like, yeah, I know, you know, I know some trainers that, um, like work together and, and one of them will just be like, well, here's everything you did wrong on that case. Yeah. How like it is, we all have to shift our mindset towards more positive reinforcement in every single interaction we have. And that includes with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said in the beginning about like, the more you can do it for yourself, the so more first, it's where you have to start. Yeah. It's where we got to start, start there. the more, the more we're going to do it with others, right? Like I'm so hard on myself. And then I bleeds over, unfortunately, into my relationship with Scott, right? I don't yeah. think I'm that hard on my friends, but I think that there is this, it's like, oh, wow, is there something going on within yourself today, Marissa? And then now you're, it's almost like, the pressure or the hardness that I put on myself, it like leaks out and like, you know, affects other yeah. people in my, in my sphere. And, and so I think it's really important for us to be doing that work with ourselves. Like, yes, it's great to receive it from our colleagues and we need to be the ones saying like, great job. And, Oh, you learned something awesome. You're a living human being that is going to learn. So that and was the other, that's the other piece of, to this, I think, is mm -hmm. that we need to be able to, you know, when it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows, when you did screw up, I feel like the key again, to not having this imposter feeling, uh, rule your life is being able to give and receive feedback that helps you grow and that helps others grow because hey you hit that one out of the park look what everybody's saying might make it makes you feel nice mm -hmm. but sometimes you get feedback that doesn't look that way and you have to be able to take it you know you don't have to take it from everybody but you have to be able to accept it as as it isn't a personal judgment on you Mm -hmm. Right. So like, um, if a person, I had a client, um, tell me once that something that I routinely do did in seminars 
um, was, was a problem. And I didn't know that it was a problem. So it was basically, mm -hmm. I will just say, I'll just comment to a working team with their dog that I really like their dog. And I'm coming from a place of like, I have a genuine affection for this specific dog, which I don't for all, like, I love all dogs, but there are certain dogs mm -hmm. that I'm like, I'd, I'd take that one home. Like you want to yeah. put that one on the plane with me? I'm taking it back. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, it's rare. If I, if there's even one in a seminar, it's like new for, it's like, Ooh, that's exciting. Cause I got plenty of dogs. I don't need any more. So, you don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with the really interesting thing though, is that I thought I, I didn't even think too much about it. I just wanted to share with this person yeah. how cool I think their dog is. Yeah. And then somebody whose turn was after one of those dogs at, at a specific seminar, she heard me say that to that person. Oh. And she told me later. Yeah. That that made her feel terrible because I didn't say it about her and I didn't say it about her dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, because I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't yeah. want to make anybody feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And um, I could easily be like, well, you know, she needs to get over it. That's, that's a her problem. Like that she needs me to like her mm -hmm. dog as much as the other dog. And blah. Like I could easily be that person. Mm -hmm. Or I could be like, do I want to make anybody feel yucky at the expense of making somebody feel good? Mm -hmm. No, I don't. So I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. If I think your dog is the coolest dog in the seminar, I, you're not going to know. Yeah. Or you're uh, going to shoot them an email afterwards. <laughs> or I'm just, yeah, I'll shoot you a message later and be like, hey, yeah. I thought your dog was so cool. It's so rare anyway that it like kind of doesn't, like usually it's just a bunch of dogs and I'm loving each like individual experience that everybody's mm -hmm. having. But you also need to take that and not take it as a personal attack she stated it really bluntly. Mm -hmm. She was like, you remember you said that? And it was really, and I was like, yeah. And I was really remembering the moment. It was really great. And she was like, yeah, well, it made me feel like shit. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate you bringing up like what's hers and what's yours yeah. and, and what will you do differently moving forward yeah. based off of what is yours. And I mean, somebody could have potentially heard that or received that and been like, I screwed up this whole seminar. I'm a bad teacher. Like, I think yeah. this is what the imposter syndrome, quote unquote, and we'll talk about that. But what it does, it's like, it takes one little thing and like catastrophizes it. Oh yeah. And it's like, you spiral down that like now, like you're not a good teacher and that, you know, you made someone feel like crap and whatever. And it's like, whoa, this was just some feedback. Choose to receive pieces of it. Cause it's not, it's not always ever about you unless you were like literally trying to manipulate the situation. And it's not like, I love that. Like, it's not your identity. I think we're like, yeah. like Sarah Streming is enough because Sarah Streming exists. That's yes, really hard. Don't you think we as a profession attach our self-worth to our work on an unhealthy level, just almost as a matter yes. of course, like it's yes. just kind of, if you don't, think of your work as life and death and all of, and, and completely tied up in your worth as an individual on this earth, mm -hmm. then you're not good at what you do. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that all the time, all the time. 
Like I've had my coach watch some of my sessions and she's like, Marissa, you are enough just sitting there and holding space for somebody. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I didn't do right. Like, yeah. And I could have done this differently and like all these things. And it's like, no, I will catch myself giving too much information. That's when I know I'm feeling imposter. When I know I'm feeling imposter is when I am throwing information at people that they do not need. That is that they cannot even process. So true. I'm like, I'm going to give you 15 YouTube links to explain three things. Oh my gosh, that is Sarah. You're there. You're lucky if they watch one, like, come on. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good, like call to action for for the listeners. Like when Ah. do you feel like what behaviors are your symptoms? Yeah. What, yeah. What behaviors are you performing when you're starting to have this internal antecedent of, I feel like a fraud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like what, because I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I definitely start to like fill in more space and I'm, well, talking, I'm you like, doing it. Like much. we, we've been talking about it and I've been like, why is this in here? And you're like, well, I just felt like I needed to like bulk it out or give uh-huh. them that. Right. And it's like, it's like what I, what do I always say? If you cannot explain something without jargon, you don't understand it well enough. Uh-huh. And we have to quit, you know, spewing the why at people all the time and just tell them how and tell them what. Yeah. I totally think that stems from this. I totally think we start to feel like a fraud. So we, Mm -hmm. and I've done it. I mean, I will think back to some of my first classes that I taught. Why was I ever trying to explain to pet owners what the four quadrants of operant conditioning are? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Who was I? Yeah. I was a baby trainer who felt like a fraud. That's who I was. Yeah. I was a baby trainer who didn't feel like I was good enough to be doing this. And so I spewed jargon and information at them. We do it all the time. Yeah. I felt like, um, and we're going to, we're going to talk about my cases because Sarah's so wonderful and can help me through some of my cases, but gosh, the other day I met with a client and I pushed the dog over threshold too much. And we, we, we tried and I felt like I was like, damn it, Marissa, like, and the client was like, listen, all right, you saw it. Like we tried, we've been going so slow for weeks. And then we pushed a little over thresholds and it, it escalated. It didn't escalate too bad. But like, I felt myself like try, I was like shutting down yet. I was filling in space. And then I, I was like talking. The way that you were shutting down was filling the space with more words, with to, try more to, words to try to make it to, go away. To like validate the choices we made. And, <laughs> and the client's and then, like, it's cool, man. And you're like, you're like, it's not, you don't know what I know. And I know how bad it is. And like, they don't know. So just, it's also, like, what do we talk? Also, if you don't push them over threshold sometimes, yeah. Like we actually you're learned, not, you're not quite pushing hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like we actually learned quite a bit Yeah, and it was the first time we had done it in like three weeks, but I did, I, I love these clients so much. So I literally said to them, I said, Hey guys, I'm feeling really bad that like, Oh, I feel like I didn't set Nico up for success. Like, how are you feeling? Like I, that, that was a little bit unnerving for both of you. Like, how are you feeling? And they were like, listen, like, it's almost like I forgot regression and pushing over threshold was a part of what is a part of it. And I was trying to keep it really perfect for them. So then therefore it wasn't perfect. We do that. 
And then I was the it imposter, is our, right? It is our disease as our oh, plus trainers. man. Our disease as our plus trainers is that we think that if we didn't orchestrate it to go perfectly. Perfectly. With zero errors and certainly zero regression and certainly zero going over threshold that we completely trashed the whole session. That's not yeah. real. It's, it's so not real. Your life so is just life. messier than that. Yeah. It's just messier than that, right? Yep. And actually it's probably valuable to have it happen with the professional there so it can be talked through because it's going to happen to them without you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, we, we, we wound up talking through it, but part of that was, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling you know, bummed that that, that that happened. And it's like, well, that's not really their responsibility like, I guess the reason why I named it is because I just wanted to check in with them too. Like, oh, I'm bummed that like that went that way. And Nico was pushed over threshold and da, 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 but how are you guys feeling? And they shared their, their thoughts. And I'm like, okay, let's regroup and try something different. Good information. We learned this, we learned this, we learned this, but I definitely felt this like haze of imposter syndrome, the rest of the session that I was like oh, yeah. very aware of. And I would be like, Marissa, let's put it, put it back here. Like put a pin in that, put it back here and get focused on like the session because that could have easily taken over how I performed the rest of the Mm -hmm. session or how I Mm co-created the rest of the session with with the client. Right. So, um, yeah, just interesting to, to ask the listeners, like, when might you go into this place, whether it's like, what are, what are the behaviors that clue you in mm-hmm. to the fact that you might be feeling this way. And I think it's really important to, for us to stop pathologizing these feelings. Like I, Marissa and I both agree that like, we wish this term imposter syndrome just like didn't exist. Like, let's just stop labeling it and giving it more power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that it's giving it's, it power. It's just normal. It's actually just a normal way to feel the way that in our culture, the way we've been socialized, like for whatever reason, for myriad reasons, it's just actually how like all of us feel. It's not a syndrome if the freaking majority experiences it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like we've, con- um, I don't know if, if conflated is the right word for this, but it's just like, we've taken like moments of uncertainty and self-doubt and made it this like thing with a label and a title and then it's like you suffer from imposter syndrome therefore you need to fix it or there's something wrong with you because when you have a syndrome there's something wrong and then therefore you need to fix it and it's like well what if what if it's not fixed and what if you just have moments of self-doubt and what if you just do your best to recover from them so what if the reality is actually that you're just oscillating between like I feel self-doubt and now I feel like a rock star and now I'm in between and I feel self-doubt again. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like maybe that's actually just the reality because balance is a verb and you're just going to sometimes feel that way. Trust that you won't always Mm -hmm. and be, be aware of it. Like check yourself. Mm -hmm. Like when I start to throw too much information out there, notice that I'm doing it, check in, be like, Hey, you're maybe you're feeling, you're feeling a little bit unstable right now in your advice giving. What is that? Mm-hmm. And I think the question that you, you constantly bring up is just, is it true? Just ask, is it true? Mm-hmm. Um, 
because if you ask yourself in your session with the dog that you were just talking about, if you were able to just like pause the room and just kind of go, okay, you're feeling like you really completely destroyed this session. Is that actually true? Yeah, Did no. you destroy it? No. The answer is always, no, it's not true. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I'm like, what is the antidote to imposter syndrome? Is it that you have to know everything at every given moment and get everything perfect? <laughs> never get anything wrong ever again. Yeah. So, Good then, luck. Like, <laughs> so then like in order to not be an imposter and suffer from this syndrome, you have to do this totally unrealistic thing mm -hmm. and be this unrealistic person. Like, yeah, good luck. No one's recovering from this syndrome or like being, you, do you know what I mean? Right. Um, because it's, it's not impossible. a syndrome. It's just a normal feeling we all oscillate towards. And our keys are just to realize it's a normal, okay, valid way to feel. And also that the way out is to be aware that it's happening, ask if it's true, um, lean on your community, mm -hmm. build and cultivate that community so that you've got it to lean on when you feel this way. And it has, in order for it to work, in order for that community to work, it has to be people who will tell you when you're wrong. Yeah. That to me is something we don't necessarily do enough. We build a community of people who only tell us we're awesome all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, if we build a community at all, which I think a lot of us don't, right? Mm -hmm. You can't have a community that tells you that you're always wrong, that never tells you what you're doing right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. And you can't have a community that only tells you the positive. Yeah. It has to be a true collaborative effort between you and some other people who will say when things could be better and how, who will say, you know, that's actually not true. Here's what is true. Rather than, you know, if, if you said, Hey, I'm doing this case. Um, what do you think about it? And I said, killing it. How, how about you're so awesome. Look out, like, just keep doing it. That, would not make me that person in your community that helps you feel less like less of a fraud because now you're like, okay, but where's the truth? Like in what you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I can actually say like, look at how awesome you coached them in this moment. And then also, did you hit these bases? Mm -hmm. And you'll go, wow, I missed two of those bases. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you go, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's yep. so important to have people who, if you don't trust them to tell you when you're actually wrong, then they're not going to help you get out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't trust them to also tell you when you're right, um, then again, same problem. Yeah. Feels yuckier, but <laughs> same problem. So I think um, the, the cohort of your trusted colleagues is so, so important here. You can't just rely on people on the internet. You put a video out and you rely on them to tell you what you're doing right and wrong. That's not going to go well for you, I promise. Yeah. Right? It's got to be people you trust to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a kind way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way that helps you grow.
Mm-hmm. And being being shredded does not help anybody grow. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Saying, what were you thinking? <laughs> not going to help. Right? Yeah, it's not going to help. <laughs> And we do that to ourselves enough. It's like, gosh, we really don't need to add that additional voice. Like I am my own biggest yeah. critic. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's also important then to just be so clear about, you know, I think because we are our own biggest critics, sometimes when we reach out to those colleagues, we'll say, Hey, here's everything I already know I did wrong. When honestly, that's sometimes not even helpful either. Mm-hmm. Right. If they say, well, there's this moment, like, you know, your mechanics are a little bit off here. Just go. Yes. I, I saw that and I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then next point, you don't yeah. have to qualify yeah. it with like, yeah. I know I can't keep my hand on my treat pouch. And I know that I was late at second 47 and I know the late, like, just uh-huh. shut up, let them look at it. Let them talk to you about it. So often I'll look at a student video and I'll be like, I know you know this, but this is a consistent issue. So how can we work together to repair that issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I just think that um, when we say cultivate a community that you can lean on here, Mm -hmm. it has to be that kind of authentic community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, if, if we've learned anything from this time of COVID, right? Like Sarah and I have hung out in person one time. Mm-hmm. And um, Sarah is a very trusted colleague that I call upon. So if like you follow somebody on Instagram and, or you like, if you feel like you really don't have anybody within your proximity, mm-hmm. you like probably your, don't. I mean, your honestly, physical proximity, like then- yeah, reach out to others. I mean, I mean, I'd be happy to connect with trainers as well. Like, I think that that's, I don't, I don't think I've stayed in this industry, both in animal welfare and in training and for so long without a community. There's just no way this, this work can be really hard at times. And I think that we, we need each other if it's um, like these, these connections and um, relationships can, can really sort of help us through how hard the, this field can be at times. For sure. So I think, you know, to kind of tie a bow on our conversation here, this imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon is not so much a phenomenon as it is just a normal feeling that we all oscillate towards at mm-hmm. no matter how awesome we are. And in fact, it's kind of that pendulum idea that if you're actually a total rock star and your pendulum swings super high one direction, it is, you can imagine that it will swing as high the other direction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So that's probably more why this is, seems to be an affliction of high achieving people. It's because mm-hmm. the bigger rock star you feel like, the bigger imposter you yeah. probably also yeah. feel like when your pendulum swings when the your other pendulum way. pendulum swings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And so what's important is to lean on your community, get real with yourself, ask if things are true, and, you know, stop, stop pathologizing it. Mm-hmm. It's just the swinging pendulum, just like mm-hmm. everything is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I hope this enlightened a few folks on this topic, we hear it spoken about a ton and thought it would be a great topic to be discussing. So um, Sarah, thank you for 
such a great conversation. And Thank you, we'll Marissa. It was fantastic as always. Are you on Patreon yet? It's where you can get all the extras for this podcast. The original tier over there still exists, where the dog people of the internet provide the questions for the episodes and guide the content of the podcast. But there's a new tier. You can become a Cog Dogarino and get access to my training sessions with my own dogs. So that includes agility, obedience, behavior, and stuff with my brand new puppy, Rhea, live guest chats, and more. So go to patreon.com slash Cog Dog Radio. The link is in the show notes. You don't want to miss out.